It is 7.08 on your Wednesday evening. We call this the, uh, you know, the flagship show. But, I mean, really, at this point, Wednesday, Monday, the weekend shows, Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV, CTV. It's a virtual flotilla of uh, employment law out there. So it's all good. It's all important and all necessary for you to catch up on and listen to each week. If you have questions during the show, uh, by the way, which I'm sure you do, till around 10 to 8 tonight, the number is 416-870-6400. Star 640 and sell and always one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. SeverancePayCalculator.com. 550,000 souls just like you have checked it out. We'll give you more details on how it works, how good it is, and what it's for if you're not sure in that regard. We'll also talk about understanding what they call the duty to accommodate later on in the show. A lot of your phone calls and emails and just a uh, a big show, another big, big show ready to go. So, with Lior, buddy, what's, uh, what's going on the week that was, my friend? Well, you know, I can say that this may be the the only time that the word flotilla has been used on, on talk radio. I, 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 I sure hope that it's the only time. It's an armada uh, so, uh, of employment law. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of, I guess that's what it means. I'll, I'll go look it up sure. after. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, uh, John, and really great to be back here on, on our uh, flagship long-standing Wednesday night uh, employment law show where we talk about workplace rights and uh, that's what we're planning on doing till uh, 10 to 8 tonight to answer your calls and answer your questions and solve some problems and and hopefully we can have some good discussion and and you know demystify this area of law a lot of people have questions a lot of people misunderstand it a lot of people make assumptions about workplace rights and employment laws you don't have to do that anymore we can give you the straight goods right here right now and, of course, if you have questions, you have concerns or problems, and you don't want to get on air, you don't want to call us right now, call me privately or email me privately. We'll get you that information, that contact information throughout the show. So there's no excuse not to do that, not to use it. And week that was, as John said, is where we always start. A couple situations that came across my desk uh, just over the past few days. Well, the first matter I'm going to discuss uh, involved a, a, a young man who had worked as a, a courier uh, in the city of Toronto, and, and for those that don't know, especially downtown Toronto, there's a lot of these little courier companies. Uh, they yeah. deliver packages from office to office. They have a lot of people you know, either walking or biking or even driving around, delivering uh, packages and uh, uh, envelopes, letters, other documents. Very common, very popular. Now, this guy had been doing this for about four years and uh, been working for them full-time hours. In fact, he'd probably work for them more than full-time hours. Uh, you know, till oftentimes till seven, eight o'clock in the evening. Well, very recently he was let go, and he, when he was let go, uh, what came about of that is that well, he was really the company said an independent contractor, and this is very common right. with these couriers, an independent contractor. So they said we don't owe you anything, and we're going to give you exactly a big round zero, nothing. <laughs> uh, and he was obviously very upset. He called me and he wanted to know is that right? Well, again. He worked for them exclusively. He'd been doing it for four years or so. Uh, He'd worked full-time hours. He was an employee. It doesn't matter what they called him or how they paid him or who paid his taxes. He was an employee. So he's getting taxes. He's going to get his severance. He's going to get probably five, six months of severance. I'm going to make sure of that. But I wanted to raise that because there's a lot of professions that this whole misclassification is very common in. Couriers, truck drivers bookkeepers, IT professionals, the list goes on. In many of these situations, people believe they're quote-unquote on contract or they're independent contractors. It doesn't really matter what you believe or even what the company says. 
It matters what the law looks at you at, and they look at you as an, an employee. There was a story uh, out of uh, Winnipeg, uh, and you know an, another company, uh, Skip the Dishes, which is kind of like an Uber Eats, where uh, an employee there or one of their drivers is taking them to court on the basis that he's saying he's an employee and he's owed certain entitlements, vacation pay, overtime, minimum wage as an employee. Very common in that uh, industry, the gig industry, for people to be misclassified. Well, he probably is an employee, just like very much like I say, the, the Uber drivers are employees, uh, and you can't really avoid paying people what they're owed by calling them something that they're not. The week that was is a segment that it's called. In the meantime, you want to call through, get a question on the air, uh, no problem, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. There's also one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Email help at employmenthour.com as well. What else you got going on? I spoke with a, a father, actually, who called on behalf of his son. And what happened with his son is uh, he had suffered a, a mental breakdown and, in fact, had to be hospitalized. Obviously, well, that happened. He, he couldn't work. So the father contacted the company and said, uh, you know, my, my son's in the hospital. He's had some mental health issues. He's not going to be able to come uh, to work until he's, he's out of the hospital and cleared by his doctor. Well, this company turned around and within 24 hours sent a courier, speaking of couriers, with a termination yep. letter, terminating his employment. And immediately uh, the father called me and he wanted to know, wait a second, can they do that? My, my, my son is in the hospital. Well, of course they cannot do that. That's completely illegal. It doesn't matter what the nature of the medical condition is. If he's unable to work for medical reasons, the best they could do is ask for some medical proof in some situations. They cannot fire him because he's not unable to work. They cannot fire him because he has a medical condition. That's a human rights violation. It's wrong, it's illegal, and they're going to have to pay. And I'm going to work with them to, uh, to make sure that they pay. Now, that, that raises an issue here. Is a lot of times yeah. you see uh, employees suffering from mental health issues. And some employers have difficult time accepting those as actual conditions, as actual disabilities. You can't see it on an x-ray. It's not as easy to understand as a broken arm. Uh, but those things are just as serious and just as real, whether it's uh, you know bipolar disorder, uh, depression, anxiety, what have you. Uh, all those things can be debilitating, and your employer has to provide accommodation. Cannot be you cannot be fired if you have those uh, issues, and if you have any of those problems, you have a right to stand up for your rights. If you have a doctor backing you up, that's all you need. And anything that the company does to you is wrong. It's illegal. And I know sometimes, I know we dealt this with Savan, who does the uh, insurance and injury law show here on 640 as well. Sometimes what starts as a problem, a physical problem with an employee, so they're off work, just the pain and dealing with the physical problem, it, it kind of turns into a, a mental health problem as well, and that can, that can exacerbate it, right? Absolutely, and, and I've oh. seen many cases where that happened, but I've seen also many cases where the, the mental health issue is as a result of what's actually happened at work. Uh, the, yeah. the, the work environment, the, the stress of the job have, could cause these types of conditions. And respect, regardless of what actually causes it, if you have that medical condition, if a doctor supports you in that situation, you have a right to time off, you have a right to get better, you have a right to apply to disability benefits if you have mm -hmm. those through your work, and you cannot be punished in any way whatsoever. 
You want to reach out further, get a hold of Lior anytime, 1-855-821-5900. It's help at employmenthour.com. And we encourage you to call in for the remainder of this show till around 10 to 8. Ask any questions about your job, your severance, your boss, workplace harassment, anything. Give us a call. Get it answered. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And one uh, 888 talk As mentioned, that is toll-free uh, as well. Severancepaycalculator.com. This thing is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, about a week ago, we had it confirmed that it's about 550,000 people have used it. And uh, I, I know for a fact that the number is now higher and increases. There's, there's literally hundreds of people that use it, uh, if not more, every single week. So what is severancepaycalculator.com? Well, hopefully our regular listeners know exactly what it is, but we have new listeners every single time we're on. So severancepaycalculator.com, a tool, a website that I created that, as the name suggests, calculates and tells you how much severance you're actually owed, how much compensation you're owed if you lost your job. And remember, you may be an independent contractor, but not really. You may have worked for a short period of time. You may have worked for a long period of time, senior position, junior position. It works just the same. You go to severancepaycalculator.com, answer three simple questions, your age, your position, the length of your employment, and you're done. You find out exactly how much you wrote, easy, free, no one can uh, tell if you used it because you don't have to put in your name or your contact information if you don't want to. And you get that information and you have it and now you know. Now you won't accept less than what you're owed like 90% of people do. Yeah. Severancepaycalculator.com. Duty to accommodate. We throw around that term quite a bit in the show over the last five years and get into some detail. There's been cases where people have had to uh, call in and describe the situation if they're in it and what to do about it. So uh, we'll get into that. And what, what is duty to accommodate? The duty to accommodate is an obligation that an employer has in certain situations, an obligation that the employer has towards its employee to provide help and support uh, in, in certain situations. The most common situation is a situation when someone has a medical condition and they perhaps can't do their job the, uh, the same way and they need some accommodation, need some support from the company, maybe for the company to change their, their hours of work or, or give them the flexibility to work from home. So anytime a company is under a legal obligation to help the employee, to make some changes to benefit the employee, that's what we call a duty to accommodate. Now, that term is not something that I invented. It comes from our human rights code, uh, which means it's an important legal obligation that the company has. It's not an obligation that they have uh, because, oh, it's a nice thing to do. Right. It is a nice thing to do, but they have that obligation because the law says they have it. And where a lot of employers get into trouble is they don't want to accommodate or they yep. think it's too difficult or too hard or maybe the person uh, shouldn't bother them uh, with it. And what we want to talk about is exactly how does that duty to accommodate work, what are the exact obligations that the employer has, and, of course, what to do if your employer won't actually accommodate you when they should be. As far as employees, employers, and all that, uh, all that stuff, who has the right to be accommodated? So not every employee uh, triggers the duty to accommodate. Not every okay. situation triggers it. So uh, what, what situations do? Well, if you have an ob if you have a medical condition, if you have need accommodation on, on religious grounds, for example, maybe you need to be allowed to leave early on a Friday so that you can go to uh, to synagogue or you can go to mosque, whatever that is. Those are fine. Those are duty to accommodate because you have a right to those protections based on your, your, your age, your ethnicity, uh, your uh, disability. Again, your age may be a factor. You may need to be accommodated if you can't do your job 
because of because your age is impacting your ability to to do that job, you have to be accommodated. On the other hand, you don't have to be accommodated if, let's say, you want to leave early because uh, you, your your child has a performance at their school, so you want to leave early right. to see that. Now, a good employer is going to allow you to do that, but the law does not impose an obligation to accommodate you by allowing you to leave early. If you have to leave early to see a medical appointment, that would be different. If you have to leave early, as I said, to go to, to synagogue or church, that would be different. So not every situation has a duty to accommodate. The common accommodation has to do with age, disability, and, of course, religion. It seems to dovetail with, with the Human Rights Code in, in, many, in many circumstances, right? It, it's exactly right. It has to flow from the Human Rights Code. You know, you, you have certain protections under the Human Rights Code. Again, I said age, ethnicity, sexual orientation, etc. And any accommodation that touches on those topics is something that the employer is ob- obligated to do. I want to take a short break, uh, get the phone lines happening. They are wide open for you to call in. I want to talk about uh, some examples, uh, more depth as far as duty to accommodate is concerned. Maybe these sound familiar to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That's toll-free. Lines are open. Give us a call. Got till 10 to 8 to get your opinions and your questions out there. would love to hear from you right here on the Employment Hour, Global News Radio. The Big Voice Guy is right. There is also one triple eight two two five talk That number is toll-free as well. We'll get back to our discussion on uh, duty to accommodate and your emails as well. First up, I want to get to uh, Jared. Hey, Jared, good evening. Thanks for hanging in. How are you? Good, are you? Good, pal. Uh, a friend to a friend who I was told was owed two weeks paid. Uh, he borrowed the company credit card, was there for four days to put gas in his card and, and uh, racked it up without authorization. So they let him go and paid him to date. After being there for three days, uh, is he owed two weeks or is he just owed two days? So he worked there for three days. Yes. And he helped himself to the credit card after three days. Correct. No, unfortunately, he's not going to be owed anything, uh, and and not two weeks, not two days, uh, because that that's a pretty serious thing to to, to kind of take the company's credit card without authorization. No, uh, he, had, he had authorization but to to fill up his car, but not for anything else. Yeah, well, you know, that's almost kind of like stealing unless he had right. good reason to think that he's allowed to do that. So that that's a serious offense. And certainly after after three days, he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. So to me, something like that would be caused. Listen, if he was a 20-year employee, maybe he can say, well, wait a second. I get a bit of credit, a bit of uh, benefit of the doubt, not after three days. So unfortunately, Jared, uh, I don't see your friend being able to get anything in that situation. So if you're let go with cause, that means that you are not entitled to two weeks ever yeah and remember it's not a question of two weeks because if you, if the company doesn't have cause a person is going to be owed a heck of a lot more than two weeks it right. could even be as right. much as two years pay okay right so yeah. so it's not about it's either two weeks or zero it's zero or something a heck of a lot more uh, and in this situation because it's serious because it's arguably stealing to me yeah. this appears to be cause got it okay wonderful thank you Thanks, Jared. Appreciate that. Uh, moving forward, you need to get a hold of Lior for other matters. You can do that as well. This is one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Duty to accommodate here. Uh, some examples. Give me some more in-depth examples of that uh, duty to accommodate for an employer. Yeah, the, the most common situations, as I, as I said at the, uh, the previous segment, when it comes to the duty to accommodate, is accommodation because of medical conditions. And, you know, we hear the term modified duties. 
Yes. Well, that's common. Modified duties is a situation where well, I have a condition. I'm well enough to work, but I'm not well enough to do my job the way I used to. So I need some help. So modified duties may mean give me different responsibilities. Maybe take away uh, the portion of my job that I have to lift heavy things and replace that with something else. Uh, or, or maybe allow me to work in the office instead of working on the shop floor, at least for a period of time until I get better. Modified duty is something that we see often uh, when it comes to medical conditions. But there's other yeah. types of uh, accommodation when it comes to medical conditions. Uh, it may be a situation where you uh, have to uh, be allowed to work from home for, for a while. Because, yes, you're, you're, you can do the job, you can sit in front of a computer, but traveling to get to work is something that physically you cannot do. Well, and I've seen that many times. The company has to provide that accommodation. Uh, I recently was involved in a case where the, the accommodation actually had to do to allow someone to work away from, the, uh, from her ex, uh, ex-boyfriend that worked at the same place. They had a, a falling out, and he was arguably uh, making her very uncomfortable. So part of the accommodation is to find a position where she, this particular lady, would have to work uh, away and apart from uh, her ex-boyfriend. So there's, there's a long list, and there's, there's no limit to the duty to accommodate. And we'll talk a bit later in terms of when can a company say enough is enough. But spoiler alert, it takes a heck of a lot for the company to say, we're not going to accommodate. You bet. We'll get to that. 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That is toll-free. Uh, Tino, good evening. How are you? Hi, good. Um, oh, my question is, Savan, I, I have a full schedule, rec, for a regular 40 hours or more. I work as a hairdresser. I'm self-employed, or at least that's what I thought I was, or I am. And I just came back from my holiday only to be told that I'm no longer have a job. Wow. Uh, am I entitled to severance? I've been there for four years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just well, like Tino, uh, so you, you're working there full-time hours, kind of, you know, a Monday yep. to Friday type of a deal? Yep. Well, you are, you, you are an employee, not even a question. In fact, yep. it would be impossible to have you be more of an employee than you already are. <laughs> So that means uh-huh. that, of course, you're owed severance. So, so this is exactly what I was talking about right at the beginning of the show. You've been misclassified as a contractor, uh, as self-employed. You're not. Uh, you have a, I'm all not the. To leave, I'm not allowed to leave prior to my time schedule. <laughs> they will not. You know, I'm not al- allowed to come late. Uh, it's got to be on time. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's the work uh, rules they call it. So, you know, well, everybody I, has to abide by those. If I wanted to to give a description of an employee, I'd be describing you, Tino. So, so of oh, course you're right. owed severance. Now, uh, okay. you, how old are you, Tino? I'm now 62. So hairdresser, 62, been there for four years. You easily are looking at six months of pay. Could be even as much as eight months. Have they offered you anything? Nothing. Nothing. Well, no, you've been no, wrongfully no, dismissed. Nothing. Thank you for. Uh, your um, contribution, you know, yeah. <laughs> nothing. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Yeah, out the door you go. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And, and, yeah. You know, depending on the number of hours you've worked, you may potentially be owed a vacation pay. Well, you would be owed right. vacation pay. You could be owed overtime. So there's a lot of things that you could be owed here. So, Tino, right. here's what I want you to do. I want yeah. you to call me or email me after the show or any time during the week. You could, you're could. you owed six-month severance. You're, you're very likely owed other things as well. You're a classic case of being misclassified as self-employed when you're not. 
So you've been wrongfully dismissed. That's the bad news. The good news well, is this should not be difficult to resolve at all. Okay. So we're going to give you that contact, uh, Tino. Thank you for calling in. Here it is right now. Make sure you write it down. It's one uh, 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 to reach out tomorrow. Talk to Lior. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to, a, uh, get to another call. Wendy, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Great. How are you doing? What's up? Not too bad. I have a quick question. I ha- I'm, I'm wondering what um, constructive dismissal um, is all about, if you, if you could explain that a little bit for Great me. Question. Of yep. course, Wendy. A constructive dismissal is a situation where the terms of employment have been changed uh, in a significant way, and the employee decides not to accept those changes. So when a significant change happens, the employee can say, no, I am not accepting. I am going to leave, but it's really a termination. That's what we call a constructive dismissal. So the employee would still be owed severance. Now, a classic example is a reduction in pay or a demotion or a relocation. But there's other types of constructive dismissal. For example, if you're being harassed at work, there's a poison work environment that's been created and you decide to leave because you can't take it anymore. Well, you're not leaving because you want to. You're leaving because you have no choice. So in the eyes of the law, that is a termination. So you're owed severance. So constructive dismissal is a situation where even though you leave, it's still a termination. You still get severance. Uh, Is there any specific you want to tell us about your situation, Wendy? Okay. So I'm at a point where I'm going to send HR an email. Okay, about the mistreatment and no pay increase for assuming a supervisor role and doing two full time, two full time jobs at the same time. So I don't know how specific I need to be when I'm uh, sending this email to HR. Uh, do I need to give two weeks notice, or can I leave and still get severance? So obviously, you know, I don't want you to leave. Let's let's be very clear. I do not want you to leave before you and I have a chance to properly discuss this. I want to find out exactly what's happened for how long it's been going on, uh, how this has been impacting you, because if, if we're going to have you leave because of a constructive dismissal, we have to do this correctly. We may want to give HR the opportunity to fix the problem just so that don't, they don't say later, oh, we didn't know there was an issue. So don't say anything to HR, certainly not about quitting until you and I have spoken. Okay, it's very important, Wendy, because you are going to be owed severance, but if you don't do it right, you could be walking away and giving up that severance. So we really do have to connect before you do anything. Okay, well, I didn't want to give too much information to HR. Um, There are examples that they are aware of that I, you know, without having to have gone to them. Um, so they are aware, so it's not something that they're not aware of, so I'm, I don't know. Well, then, then, like I said, you and I need to connect, so uh, John here is going to give you my contact information. Reach out to me, and then we'll talk exactly about what you're going to say to HR, how you're going to say it, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Wendy, you're in good hands. Reach out and don't wait on this one. The number that Lior speaks of uh, to get a hold of him is one eight five five eight. Two one fifty nine hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. It is just that simple to reach out, and this is what we're talking about. Why you make the phone call here on the show? Get things solved, get them done right. Uh, Matt, you're up next. How are you? Hey guys, how you doing? Good, brother. What's going on with you? Uh, I've got a question for Leo here uh, in terms mm-hmm. of the duty to accommodate. Uh, my wife is a pilot, 
and the majority of her flying is to the Caribbean, uh, which is affected by the Zika virus. Now, we're planning on getting pregnant soon, and I was just wondering if the uh, duty to accommodate would apply in her case to avoid any destinations that would put her in contact with the Zika virus if she were pregnant. Got it. Now, uh, Matt, is she uh, is a pilot? I'm, I'm assuming she's part of the uh, of the union. Yes. Okay. So, so this may not necessarily trigger the duty to accommodate. This may simply trigger the duty to put to, to not put the employee uh, in an unsafe uh, work environment or, or at, uh, for un, or in an undue risky situation. Now, uh, if in fact it could be shown through through studies, through uh, you know what doctors say that there's a there's a, a real risk in those areas uh that you know the zika virus is something that could potentially uh, uh happen or it's, it's it's not necessarily completely controlled then yes they would have an obligation to uh especially when someone's getting pregnant to protect that employee uh, by not putting them in a dangerous situation but here's the thing everything i told you ultimately doesn't matter because the only one that's allowed to advance that argument is the union. So it ultimately doesn't matter what I see or what anyone says. If the union says, well, too bad, they're not going to do anything, then unfortunately your wife is stuck. The union has to pursue this. The union has to uh, get on board and, and, and deal with the employer on this. But I think she should absolutely uh, speak with the union about this. They may already know more. They may have already addressed this issue before with the, uh, with the employer. So she should speak to the union as soon as possible. But if the union won't help her, unfortunately, and this is terrible, she's going to be stuck without that many legal options. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate that, Matt. And that, that's worth saying as well before we uh, move on to uh, to Mike here, our next caller, is that when it comes to a union employee, someone who's in the union, they've got to go by the bargaining agreement. They can't come to you or any other lawyer for that matter, right? Yes. They, they cannot come to me or anyone else. The union has to be the only one helping them. And whenever I say that, usually the next point that someone says is, well, wait a second, yeah. the union won't help me, so what do I do? Mm-hmm. And there's no answer to that. If the union won't help you, there's there's no ability to get out of the union uh, the only thing you could hypothetically do is file a complaint against the union with the labor board. It's something that's usually not successful, but bottom line is the union, if you're part of it, has to be the only one helping you. You can't deal with the company on your own. You can't hire a lawyer. It has to be the union. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to call in tonight and get your questions answered like that. It's one 225 talk That number is uh, toll-free as well. Next up, Mike. Hey, Mikey, how are you? Hey, good. How you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's happening with you tonight? What's your concern? My uh, wife suffered a concussion in January. Um, her employer, her um, short-term disability just ran out, um, applied for long-term disability with all the doctor's notes, and the insurance company denied it, and now we have to go through an appeal process. But her doctor is even saying she can't go back to work yet, but it seems that the insurer is uh, somehow forcing her to go back or telling her that she has to make some type of concessions to start going back or whatnot, even though medically she's not ready to. Um, is this, I'm ignorant to this whole situation because we've never encountered it. Just wondering, is this normal for an insurer to do that? Well, it, it, it's normal, but that doesn't make it right or legal. Okay, It's okay. common because the insurance company is in the business of getting people off their payroll. Right? That, that's just the way that that system works. Now, you mentioned appeal. I can tell you this as a fact. This appeal, the internal appeal that they have, is a waste of time. It, you're, you're essentially appealing to the same people that have already said 
no, uh, she doesn't qualify. That, it's a waste of time. Uh, instead, we need to kind of get the bigger guns out. And as soon as you get the bigger guns out, they say, okay, okay, fine, we'll resolve it with you because now we know you mean business. So you need to give us a call. We deal with okay. these insurance companies all the time. And as soon as they uh, they hear from us, the first thing they say is, oh, crap. Okay? And because the reality yeah. is now we call them on it and they know they have to pay. So that's that's issue number one. Don't be intimidated by them. And honestly, that appeal process is a waste of time. And it, it's just a, a matter of delaying it and dragging it and trying to frustrate you and your wife. Now, with that said, what is your what is your wife's employer saying? Are they being helpful and cooperative? Yeah, that's the that's the thing where it's kind of the employer. Her employer is like, yeah, okay, well, like they're they're understanding of it, but yet it's the insurance company kind of saying, well, no, I need a definite uh, de- definite uh, date that you're going to come back, or at least start to start to get you know uh, going back uh, on a on a you know slow progression to get back to work. But just the thought of her, my wife getting ready for work is stressful enough for her to get into that. And, you know, even the doctors are saying, no, you're not ready yet. So I don't understand. The employer is okay with it, but their employer is saying whatever the insurance company is saying, we have to kind of go by, or they're relying on the insurance company. Well, first of all, that's not the case. The, the, as long as you, you or sorry, your wife has a doctor that says she can't work, that's all your employer needs to know. Even if she's rejected by the insurance company, if your doctor or her doctor says she can't work, her employer cannot make her, cannot force her. The same thing, by the way, applies to the insurance company. If her doctor, the one that's treating her, the one that knows her and her condition the best, is saying that she cannot work, that's really all that it takes. So let let us help you with the insurance company. And in the meantime, provide the company, if you haven't already, with a, a clear note or a letter from the doctor saying that your wife can't work so that they don't start giving her a hard time. But let us resolve this thing with the insurance company. It could be as simple as a letter uh, in, in, in many cases. Uh, and, and once they, they know that, okay, we're on to it, uh, they'll, they'll change their tune. All right, perfect. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you all. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Yeah, skip that appeals process. Ooh, don't get into that bucket of worms. That's an ugly one for sure. Uh, that number, by the way, uh, to call through and continue, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and uh, help at employmenthour.com. We will get to Ray. Ray, thank you uh, for hanging on. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you for taking my call. No worries. Um, I, my, my question was, um, I've been with my current company um, now about 10 months now. And um, what happened was um, I had a six-month probation period. And after the end of that period, they came to me and said that, um, they weren't satisfied that I was able to, you know, I, I could come operation at that point. They wanted to see some improvements on some areas, so they extended it by three months. Um, <clears throat> now they've come back again just recently and said that, um, you know, I have to improve immediately, otherwise I'm going to be terminated. Um, and that was the first feedback I've gotten saying that there was a further problem. Um, after that, like after my extension probation period had ended, um, I never got any feedback or any information from the company, and they never told me, yeah, everything is good. The, the date just kind of came and left. So I'm just curious, like, you know, what my rights might be with something like this. Excellent question, Ray. Now, in, in, yeah. in terms of benefits, are you on the company's benefits plan? Uh, yes, I am, yeah. Okay, so so let me let me tell you something. You are not right now on probation. You're not. <laughs> uh, it, it's It's... It's nonsense. You can really only be on probation, a real probation, for three months. Forget six. And if you already are on company's benefits, you are a regular employee. What does that mean? That means that if they decide to let you go, and remember, even though you may not have done anything wrong and you haven't gotten feedback, if they decide to let you go, 
they cannot let you go without severance. You're going to be owed severance. Uh, the general rule is a company can let an employee go pretty much for any reason and at any time as long as severance is paid. So unless you did something terrible, something horrible, like uh, you know, not show up to work and say that you were at work, I mean, something like that, right. then of course they're going to owe you. Now, 10 months of employment, what kind of a job, Ray, and, and how old are you? Um, I'm, uh, I'm 50, I'm just going on 58 now and it's, uh, it's a senior management position. Okay. Um, yeah. And well, yeah. you, you'd be looking easily at four months of pay. Okay. I said months, not weeks, four months of pay is what I would assess you at, uh, in, in the, if, if they let you go tomorrow. Now, obviously if you work even longer, it could be even more than that. So yeah. that's ultimately the key here. Obviously if they give you some feedback and you feel there's things you can work on, yeah, you should work on that and try to uh, improve. Obviously, we all want to be employed. But if they decide they, they want to let you go, forget about being on probation. It's nonsense. You're not on probation. And you'd be owed about four months severance. And if they don't give you that, if they don't pay you that, you get on the phone and you call me. Yeah, because the um, what, they, what, what, the, um, the, what the person told me today was that basically – um, I'm on probation immediately again, and uh, and basically what they told me was that um, if I don't, you know, complete a project 100% perfect um, within the next few days, I'm automatically terminated. <laughs> and, and like I said, they're allowed to automatically terminate you in that situation. They're allowed to terminate you even if you do complete it perfect. But in okay. either of those situations, they would have to pay you severance. Forget about probation. Okay. You're not on probation. Uh, and and right. as long as they pay you that severance, I told you what that would be, yeah. they, can, they can let you go. I'm not suggesting you don't do your best. You should always do your best. But yeah, if it doesn't pan out and they decide to let you go, that severance has to be paid. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the, uh, the help on that. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate you uh, calling in and enlightening everyone else who may be under a, uh, a similar situation. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Ray, to get a hold of Lior, uh, please do if you need so. Help at employmenthour. dot com. We'll move along to uh, to Tim. Hey, Tim. Good after. Uh, good evening. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. What's so? Um, what's your concern? Questions. I'm on my LTD. I've been on for about a year. Um, a little while ago, um, my uh, insurance that they wanted me to apply for um, regular disability. Um, they were going to send me the forms, so I contacted them after a while. I didn't get them, and they said they're just a little backed up. They'll give it to me just to wait. And then all of a sudden, the other day in the mail, I got forms for um, going back to work, and they want me to fill this out and get the questionnaire done by my doctors and et cetera. So I'm a little confused about what they want and you know what I should do. So this is the insurance company that said they're the sending you forms? The insurance company, yeah, she sent me an email a couple of months ago saying that they want me to um, apply for a regular disability. I guess what they mean is CPP disability benefits. Yes, yes, and, yep. and, and, and that because the prognosis is that I'm not going to be able to go back to my job and other stuff, and I need a knee replacement and some other stuff. Yes. Um, so, and then, so I questioned her about a month ago, and she said, we're a little backed up. We're going to send you the forms. And then yesterday I got a letter in the mail saying now that they want me to do a questionnaire about what it is I'm capable of doing, not capable of doing, in case uh, next year when my insurance runs out, um, possibly going back to, like, you know, doing some other right. type of job that I'm yeah. qualified for. So so, so let, me, let me answer the question. I understand exactly. You, you should apply to CPP disability, and you can get those forms yourself. You don't necessarily need to wait for them, uh, and you should, and you actually have an obligation under your insurance policy 
with the LTD company to to apply for these uh, benefits. Uh, you can, I'm sure, even find them online. Uh, but in any event, it shouldn't be difficult to do. Now, in terms of that form that they sent you about your functional abilities, that is reasonable. Yes, you, you should have your doctor complete those forms uh, based on what your doctor knows uh, and, and understands about your condition, and that's okay. They're allowed to ask those questions. But here's the thing. If at some point, tomorrow, next week, next year, they decide to cut you off before your doctor says you are ready to return to work, then that's improper. That's wrong, and that's something we can help you with Give me a call and we'll deal with it. But in the meantime, yes, apply for CPP disabilities. Have your doctor complete those forms. Don't give the insurance company any excuse to, to cut you off because you haven't complied with your own obligations. All right. Appreciate your call, Tim. And I'm going to move on. Here's the number, uh, Lior, speaking of, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Uh, Boris, i got about a minute and a half for you. You want to squeeze it in, go for it. What's on your mind? Just a quick question. Uh, yeah, man. I've been in a controversy with or a discussion with um, my ownership in terms of uh, commissions and they see it one way I see it another way and they said it's basically a take it or leave it and I can if uh, they'd like to know by you know tomorrow if I go into work tomorrow have I just uh, gotten rid of all my rights or how does that work well, obviously, I would need to know what the ultimatum is, how reasonable is it, and is it a change from what you had before. If they're changing the deal, okay, if they're changing the deal in a significant way from what it was before, you have a right to say no. And if, if they let you go because of it, they owe you full severance. So what you need to understand, and, and I, ideally I'd want to talk to you so I can off air so I can understand the situation. I want to I want to know if it's a big change. If it is, you can say no. But remember, they can let you go with severance. Uh, once you say yes, you can't necessarily change your mind. So before you say yes or no, uh, you need to to understand what those rights are. And ideally, you should speak to me before that happens. Boris, appreciate that, and it's a good way. We'll wrap it for the night. We are back on the weekend shows, of course, and Monday evening at this time. And don't miss Employment Hour at 30. That happens on Global TV and CTV as well during your weekend mornings. Need to reach out one final time, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. And always, always, always the first place you go when you want to know what your severance should be, whether you're looking at it or just for interest's sake, severance pay calculator. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. We are back with On Point with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.